Welcome to Real Adventures, talking all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. For Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers, with protection like no other. And Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. Here's your hosts, Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers with protection like no other. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk fishing, boating and the great outdoors. You see what I'm doing stop, here? Can you stop being a muppet around me? i my pants up and down. Look at this. Aaron's basically getting, this. getting changed in front of me. He spent the last week in Exmouth and clearly you got into a fight with a few uh, pelagics. <laughs> no, I didn't. I just kept walking into the boat. And I'm only little. <laughs> How was G'day, it? G'day, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here as usual. And uh, you went a fantastic trip up in Exmouth. It was, uh, we just got back and... So what was the charter yeah. company? So we were with OnStrike Fishing Charters and it was a 65-foot liverboard. It's a big cat. Big cat. Beautiful uh, cat, those. Mate, those unbelievable. Those I FaceTimed you up there how beautiful this boat was. It was 10 out of 10, and we had... They're the, they're the best sort of boats for liverboards because it pretty much doubles your f- your footprint compared yep. to Stability a conventional monohull. Like, you're not fishing out of it per se. Like, you've got the, the liverboard element, and then you've got the tenders around it. You, I think it was a Boston whale that you were fishing out of and a Fury. Yeah, we had a Fury, we had a whaler, and you had something else. There was three of them we had. that were, We fished mainly out of the 30-footer, Yep. so we were in that the whole time, but... This, the, the guys, we were filming, as you, as we mentioned last week or the week before, and we it's so good, they bought the other boat out like to where we were, which is 100k, and they bought it out yeah. to, for us. And like, you had incredible amazing. weather. Can you, we, like, we did. Normally when those... It's windy though. Oh, well, you went to the west, mate. Of course it's going to be windy. <laughs> we had they wind. in, the Western Australia invented wind. That's where it started. Well, the first outlook looked terrific, and then the first couple of days were nice, and then the wind just got angry. And yes. it was just it was just frustrating. So we had like every morning was windy, and then it drop off for a bit. It is a bit frustrating when you wake up early and it's like the first thing is wind versus oh. like oh well, let's fish till like ten you know and then the wind <laughs> comes through after that. It's like at least you can get four well, hours of reprieve or five. We literally get literally getting smashed like in the morning and then it'll drop off, and then it would clean back up. But day one it was just about we we'll run through the day. So day one we headed out. And the liverboard was getting kitted out to come out with us. So we jumped on the 30-footer and from the pen and we're out we went. And what, what, what was that running? Twin mode? 300s. Twin 300s. Mercs. Nice. Yep. Yeah, the boat was it was great. I'm I just I don't care where you live, and I'm, I'm changing this. I hate centre consoles. <laughs> I don't even care if you're in Exmouth with 35 degree weather. You can stick your centre console somewhere where the sun There's don't shine. No protection, is mate. There. You're just wet all the time. Like you're just wet. It's just crap. Everything's wet. My phone's wet. Our camera guys what, wet. Everything's just wet. What was the flare like on it? The boat was terrific. It threw water out, but everything's wet. Like, it's just, <laughs> I don't, you may as well be in a submarine. Oh, I do agree with that. I, I just, if I lived up there, and I know how practical the centre consoles are, but would you have maybe like a centre cab, cab with a yeah, centre cab walkabout walk sort of thing, maybe? 100%. I don't know, you can stick your centre console somewhere else. I just don't like them. But anyway, they're good the when you're fishing. Boat, you just, just don't want to be ever moving with them. Just the whole time we just move, it's just like, they and, just, and they what constantly, was, that? was that a Boston Wild, did you say? What was that? That was the Fury. I think that was we the Fury. Yeah, the big 30-foot yeah, Fury. Fury. I think yeah. that's what we were in the yeah. whole time. Uh, and the, the Boston Whaler was the smaller one. But gotcha. We, but we, well, the first day we headed out, and these, I'll give these guys credit. They run a tremendous organisation. Like, I'm not one. I don't like fishing with people. Yeah. I honestly really enjoyed these guys. Yeah. They were 10 out of 10. We had 
Josh, the skipper who owned the company, yep. he broke his foot or tore ligaments in his foot. So he, he was out with us. He was great. He couldn't come with us a couple of days. He was meant to have six weeks off the water and it was three days later. Yeah, nice. nice. <laughs> Something stupid I'd do. Freedom tough in the worst day. Oh, that's what he tells us. Kept telling us. <laughs> yeah. And then we had young Dan who's 23 and he was amazing. Like he was a young 23-year-old but he just knew his stuff. He was yeah. not pumping my tyres up but he reminded me of myself. He was so passionate as a young kid. Started when he was 15 with Dan, with Dan, well, uh, with you, uh, Josh, sorry. Yeah, started the same age as yeah. me and he was just new stuff. Yep. And I normally don't listen to people. I listen to these guys religiously. They were terrific. And then you we shocked had, me with that comment. Oh no, I shocked myself. Don't worry about that. And then Josh, who was the, uh, who I mentioned Josh as the skipper. Yep. No, Josh, a deckhand. So, oh, we had okay. a, so another one. So he was another skipper as well. I shouldn't call him the deckhand. He, had, he took us out as well. With, but he was great. Everyone was just great. And first day with Dan, we headed out. Probably 35-minute run, bang, as many Golden Trevally up to like sort of, oh, I don't know how big they were, 15 kilo, like every, every drop. And what are you fishing for them, like spin reels, obviously? But, yeah, so I, Kane was running a Talica 12 on a jig rod, and I was beautiful, on extractor jig. Yep. Yeah. And I was running uh, Saragossa 10,000 on yep. a jigging, the exact same rod as Kane, but his was overhead, mine was just standard spin gear. So how? So you've got a $800 reel in the um, Talica. Yep. And the Saragossa is probably... 400 bucks. With the sales at the moment, like Good Friday sales, get yourself a bag at the moment, Redmond. What do you call They're them? like 400 bucks. Yeah, They're 400 less. bucks, yeah. Less, yeah. yeah. They were... They, they are so and it's good. fine. Mate, they, yeah. oh, they handled it, not a drama in the world. Yeah. I, my, I, you couldn't have got me to use an overhead reel. I'm not an overhead reel person. And yeah. Kane always has been. He said to me a couple of times, he goes, they're a bit awkward to use. And I'm like... Overheads or something? Yeah, overheads in general. They look like, cool, you just don't right? have to balance. They look great. <laughs> we also managed to catch some seriously big cobia. We got some beautiful big cobia on the same spot and as many as you wanted. Bigger than yeah, your... Much, really? Much bigger. Yeah, much bigger. That, we, thing, was yeah, a, that no, thing was a shark. Much bigger. We got yeah, and as many Aaron as you want. Aaron caught a... God, this would have been pushing a metre 20 cobia back in 2018. These things were... fished in cans. Huge. And we ate them. The gaff got put in. We ate them. They nice. were, they were not. They were beautiful. Yeah, fish. delicious. Yeah, yeah. And we, um, what happened next? We bull sharks moved in. Yeah. And just oh, so you many... sent me some incredible oh, vision of drone the, the drone footage of these bull sharks. So they, they estimate them well over 200 kilo up to 300 kilo. Like they're eight 12, foot every bit. Nah, 12, 14 foot, some of the big yeah. ones. Like, anyway, we, we don't have all day here, but we basically, they moved in, we got out of there. And then I'll be honest with you. That's the criticism in the West, isn't it, from all the anglers. It's like, can there, can there be something done... With the sheer number of sharks. Well, I'm going to tell you a story about the sales in a minute, That in a second, about the sharks as well. That's day, the last day. But I'll cruise through a little bit because it's a bit repetitive. And then day like, two, like three. Bucket list fish after bucket list fish. <laughs> no, no, difficult. no, it wasn't. It actually wasn't. I'll be honest with you. We worked hard for our fish. I casted for GTs with massive poppers for three days. And That's we hard did, work. didn't raise one-on-one. We hooked two. I, I hooked two thirty on kilo. the cast. Yeah, so we casted the whole time. Yeah, the that's whole hard work. time versus live baiting them. It was so hard, and we casted. So we call it sport fishing gear and big gear. They called it and sport fishing gear. I was a six thousand Stella. I hooked two thirty plus kilo G's GTs on that. Good luck on it. Got nearly got the second one. I know they're a great me reel, at the but end. No. Those, those things are a freight. Oh, we lost a lot of fish sport just accidentally hooking those bigger fish, but. We targeted coral trout. We didn't catch one coral trout. We really? worked so hard for them. We targeted queenies. Did not catch one queenie until the last day in the area. We didn't even. Did you to try turning one. the camera off? 
Oh, it was it was very it was not easy. The fishing yeah. camp just it's just fishing. Like the boys are like, oh, this is a, it's been tough. Like it has been really really tough. And you got to remember, we were casting for these fish the whole time too. Very big difference between. But you know what? When you're producing a TV show like yep. you are, bait is Mate, boring. We got a GT. Like a, a fish come up behind one of the, we had the West Coast Popper boys with us, and Jake at the back had something come up behind his, and you go, "That's oh, big. as in the brand West Coast, yeah, Poppers? West Coast yep. Poppers, yeah." So they, they're the boys from there, and they would, and then I said to our cameraman, "Roll, roll, roll, roll," because it missed it, and I casted behind it, and we got this GT with its whole mouth coming out of the water on camera, live bite, live hook up, oh, all, all on camera, amazing. That's the stuff. You, I lost the fish, but the bite's better than actually landing the fish, in my opinion. But we anyway, so we worked hard, we casted, did that repetitively for a few days, worked hard. And then I said to the I said to uh, Josh the skipper I said do you know what we need to just catch some fish like not being rude here can we catch some fish <laughs> and he's like yeah no worries we'll go out wide so all of a sudden we push out wide oh we got sorry day two we got some beautiful Spanish mackerel oh, twenty five plus kilo they were incredible Big things. fish yeah two incredible of them. that's my favourite eating fish I cast I casted for them for three days and we got two well, that's how hard we worked <laughs> like and they were big though anyway we went out wide started trawling for wahoo we lost one. And we probably could have got more, but the wind come up. So we pushed out to another reef. We managed to get Goldband um, gold Snapper. We managed to get Red Emperor as well, all on camera too. So we got some beautiful fish on camera, which is great. Great eating fish, the Red Emperor. Yeah, we, well. we ate that be- beautiful yep. fish. But we got them on. As good as it gets. We yep. got them on micro jigs. No, we didn't. We put bait on the micro jigs. <laughs> we actually did. We cheated. Looked, <laughs> I didn't say that. But anyway, you sound like Rex Hunt. <laughs> we actually did change the bait isn't, in the end. Isn't so that the story? The bloke says to me, Josh, he goes, I've never been to this mark and not caught fish. He goes, every time. Mate, and I'm we just couldn't you. catch fish. It's the curse of the camera. Oh, it was a pain. Anyway, we got some, the camera. got some beautiful fish. And there's so much we can go into here. There's there's turtles everywhere. They like were, plague yeah. proportions of turtles everywhere. Not crystal blue water off the islands. It's out further where the water goes blue. The islands are sort of reminds me of Port Phillip Bay, that greeny yeah. stuff. It's not in... A bit murky. Yeah, but well, I'll get into the last day before we... Uh, yeah, the I'll sales. talk about flights in a minute. I love sales. Yeah, I'm glad you do. Uh, we <laughs> headed into the sales in the Gulf, and I said to him, do you reckon we can get a couple of sales? I said, yeah, they're fishing really well. We should go. Good. Tried to catch the live bait. Couldn't catch any. Crap. There's a bait ball with sails on it. We've got no bait. <laughs> You're kidding. So it's there. It's in front of you. Josh, the other captain, was driving. So Josh, the skipper, I'll call deckhand the other Josh, and Josh, the skipper. Josh, the yeah. skipper, was in the mothership looking that side for sails. Josh, the decky, was in the other boat looking for sails that way and we were in the middle looking for sails. All of a sudden, we ring Josh and, and they got a yakka spot that's another 15 minutes back to where, from where the sail ground was. Go get bait for us. He's loaded up, gone and got 15, 20 yakkas for us, dropped them off to us. We found a, well, they found a brand new reef with goldens on it and cobia while we're trying to catch bait. Just, oh. They just come out of nowhere and they've never fished there before. <laughs> Caught as many as you want while we waited for this stuff to come. It was dropping down the sabiki... And all of a sudden, every time it went in the water, it was just Golden Trevally on a Saviki. And we end up changing, obviously, the jigs and whatnot. The live bait come, bang, sails instantly, straight on. And then the problem with the sails is they've got to run light drag there. So for four kilo we're running, which is very light. The reason for it is you need to let the fish swim away from the sharks. Yeah. And these bull sharks, they were like dolphins behind a boat. They just followed us everywhere we went. They were... Four, five, six, ten of them. And the cobia that were with these, I swear they were bigger than the bull sharks. They were that big, these cobia that were swimming with the bull sharks. They were monstrous. Did you switch bait them? No, we just used liveys. We tried switch baiting, but when they're on the bait balls concentrated, they've got no interest. And I was blown away by it because the way he explained it to me was what happens is they go in with their big sail, right? They nail the bait ball 
and they push one bait out, right? And then all they do is fixate on that one bit one of bait, bait and they want that one bait. So he, he gave me the rundown at the start and what do I do? Oh, there's a sale. I flick my bait to it. He goes, no, put it in the bait ball. Because there's multiple sales there. He yeah. goes, all the, the sale, he goes, you will not catch that sale on the side Isn't because it's fixated on that bait. And he was yeah. de- honestly dead right. Well, that's not how you catch a marlin, like a bit different. <laughs> so, anyway, once we put it into the bait, as you was, just walk back with your tail between yeah, your legs. Yeah, I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> yelled at me too. No, I like it. Now yelled. you know how it I, feels. Yeah, I actually enjoyed it. It was good getting a bit of my own medicine. But <laughs> basically, these sharks were so vicious, and I was trying to lead them up. And we're only running a 60, 80 pound leader. So, like, I popped. I didn't. I pulled the hook on one, popped one off, and then the next one come up, and I made sure I got it because we're on camera. And it, I don't like saying this, but they're we, beautiful we fish. Got, yeah, we got. This is how fast these sharks were. We're getting photos with the sail. We let it go on camera to swim off. Bang, mate! Before you even let it go, he literally said to us, "Be keep your arms out of the water." He goes, "The sharks will come up." Well, that's how vicious they are. Now, the next bit to this story is when he's chasing these sails around. He's worse than me. He's like an idiot on a dodging car. This is how good the skippers are. They were hammering around on these sails, chasing the sharks to push them away from the sail. So they're chasing the sharks because they're on top trying to get the sail. Mm. And if they're hammering, they're in reverse. The boat's full of water. It is mental, like what they're doing. Like it's it's not marlin ferocious. It's next level ferocious. But the problem is, when Which he's is saying something, if you're saying it's ferocious, <laughs> yeah, it was as ferocious as you get. I copped a build of the head off a sail trying to grab it as well, but. Uh, yeah, it was it was unbelievable the way they drove for these fish, and I forgot where my tra- train of thought was going. Then, well, yeah, we're going we're gonna to hold off on the trip itself in terms of the flights. I'm going to I'm going to review gaff, it all. The gaff as well. is uh, coming a little later. I'm going to review the flights, and I'm going to tell you how to get to Exmouth as well. We've got a massive show of real adventures coming your way this morning. Sean Clancy joins me a little later in the show as well, chatting about. The new Min Coda range, typically something that we've always seen in terms of electric uh, engines, Vino's four-metre four punts, five-metre punts. The last few years we've seen that grow into the trailable section. Well, these new outboards or these new electric motors are game changers. 35, 40-foot boats these are now designed for. So we're going to go in-depth with Sean and chat through that, uh, as well as, of course, after the break, Redmond, we are zipping right around the country for the whip around. You're listening to Real Adventures for Razorback 4x4. That was Red's review for Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. Welcome back to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. It is now time for the whip around for Mildura. Unexpected, unforgettable. Start planning and find out for yourself. Visit mildura.com.au. We kick things off in New South Wales, Redmond. The dolphin fish, the mahi-mahi, the Maui-Maui. <laughs> my son actually calls him Maui. Have you been ringing my son? <laughs> he calls him that. I'm like, it's Maui-Maui. The Maui-Maui. Around Sydney, Redmond. Yeah, there's plenty of fish showing up already. But the problem is... Is it going to hang around or not? Well, last year so. they didn't. Al McGlashan reckons last year was they had come early, then they disappeared, and they come a little bit again. What are we pushing into now? Back end of November, so coming into December. Mm. Surely the, these things start to these currents are going to really up. fire up. Yeah, uh, hope they stick around. I really do. Good signs early. There's yeah. plenty of fish there, so it's really really good. A few fads working as well out of Sydney, which is always good. And then heading inland, some huge flathead. Now this blew me away. 
Multiple fish over 90 centimetres. That's a out of the two Ross big croc. Two Ross River. Really? Massive. And two Ross fish is very, very well for big flooded. Big swim baits and big soft plastics are going to get you those big fish. And it's incredible the size of the, the baits and lures that people continue to use for giant flathead. They are a seriously... Sort of like me with a ribeye. <laughs> they're a seriously <laughs> aggressive fish. Hey, let's push further north. The Logan River is the hot spot at the moment when it comes to, speak of the devil, flathead and brim right now with most anglers getting some great action. Good to hear, Redmond. Yeah, it is. And they're like those flathead are really good eating size too. So they're not too big where you can't keep them. They're perfect size to eat. So well done there. And the Sunshine Coast Snapper, and you're in full swing. Like we always talk about, different strain of snapper with that knobby head. Uh, and they are uh, plastics, vibes, different fishing to the old Port Phillip Bay. But yes. it's different fishing, but it's fishing very, very good out of the Sunshine Coast. Western Australia, we spoke about the, uh, the X-Mouth. Report. Yep. yep. Plenty so, of big fish, plenty of big sharks. Oh, the place is incredible to fish, and apart from coral trout, because we didn't catch any, but the Golden Trevally, Cobia, were on. To report anything, they were just the ones that you want. They pull hard, they're fun to catch. If you want to eat a bull shark, I'm sure you can go would, catch would one you, of those, no would worries. Would you do a liverboard a game? Was that a good way to fish, do you feel? You were there. In the action the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. We only yeah. had to drive 10 minutes to each island. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Big trip to get there, Expensive. Clearly. Expensive. I reckon it would have yeah. cost me, whew, I reckon it was eight grand a head, roughly. Yep. Flights and stuff. Yeah. It was pretty expensive. Yeah. Say, yeah, we had the boat to ourselves as well. Though, but it is one of those, you know. Yeah, you're not doing it every week. Trip of a lifetime. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, now that is it is it is written right there. I just don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Waura Station Coast. The are uh, the uh, Cobia. This is what this is. Uh, this is a great insight to um, how our radio show goes. Is because Aaron writes up some of our report. Well, I don't know <laughs> what I've done here. And some of these, it says and it some, says cobra. Some I've written cobra coming in on a seven-inch plastics. Some of his spelling. The good this thing is, is this I've is got what it all saved in my phone. This is Cobia. Cobia is the one I'm <laughs> looking for. What I said to you. Seven inch soft play. Yeah, I know, but I had to. I thought I was catching a snake. <laughs> you are very good with your reporting, just not always your spelling. Yeah. So, what was that? So, Warura Station, <laughs> Cobia, Cobia on seven inch soft plastics. And Cobras on seven inch soft plastics <laughs> going good. I'm moving to South Australia. Exmouth and that's had enough. Please. The West has had enough. Please do South that. Australia, Smoky. I had to check my phone. Apologies for the silence. Smoky Bay Jetty producing the goods on Calamari and King George Whiting. We you, love that. You did hear that, right? The yep. Jetty. The Jetty, which is always good. So, Land-based people can go out and do that, obviously, if they don't have a boat. And the Spencer Gulf have some huge kingfish coming in, and they're up to 15, 15 kilos. plus kilo. That's a big fish. Live baits being the go. Yeah, and they tried to keep it a little secret, a little, little cheeky guy. Can you, once you get them going, is it worth trying knife oh, yeah. jigs, you reckon, or just it's gonna most be consistent capture? The fish that are that big, this and that, they're not in your big, like they're in big schools, but they're not in huge schools. You're going to get, your, I reckon you're going to pick them off more. Like you're going to get your twos and ones. You're going to get multiple hookup, but might be a bit of patience waiting for them to come back through. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's how I would think it would be. I've actually never fished there and I'd love to, but I would presume that it's not going to be every single bait you put in the water. Tasmania, Brumby Creek, the trout are going really well on the fly. Multiple fish landed to 12 pounds. And for those that don't fly fish, that is like the meter mark when it comes to barra. Anything over 10 pounds is a seriously significant fish. I would even nearly have interest in catching one after seeing that photo. <laughs> <laughs> South Arm Beach. Almost. <laughs> just Almost. Ne- nearly there. Just don't have my Ray-Bans yet. South Arm <laughs> Beach on the kayaks. There were some really good gummies caught. There was a group of kayakers went out and they got 
multiple gummies between them and they were up to 10 kilo. So really good fishing uh, for the yak guys. Fresh salmon was the go. Uh, but anything you can get that's relatively freshy, fresh, freshy, fresh or oily and uh, you have a good shot in catching a gumbo. Closer to home, Eben, what do you have for us in Victoria? At the yeah, moment? I got back into it at home. got some beautiful snapper at the end of the week and then whiting was actually a bit tough to be honest with you. Uh, they're good. But the problem is the tides are crap. Yeah. So they slowed up on me and I only had the backside of the tide with the time that I could fish. Squid went well for me once I found them. Western Port, Snapper. Why did it Port take Phillip so Bay. long to, to find them? Was it the is it hard know, to find the water? I didn't know where they were. Yeah. <laughs> so you just could have spent time just, in the water. Yeah, I was just looking for those eggs and I just couldn't the water was dirty and I just couldn't find them. I just I found them next to the ramp virtually and I not that I was that far from the ramp, but I'd moved down I was moving my way down on the tide to try and find them and I kept zigzagging each patch of weed looking for eggs and it was sure enough, it was the last one just before I had to come home. So, so are you are you casting like ghosting it and, and hoping or are you waiting to so see it? Normally I only just use my eyes, normally, but the water wasn't clear enough. It was clear enough, but we had overcast day yeah. and I couldn't just make out the bottom properly. I could. It wasn't clear, like I had yeah. to actually fish. So I was setting my drift up on all my old marks from like last year, the year before, where I roughly catch squid this time of the year, set my drift up, fish over it. But I don't, if I, you know, if they're there, yeah. And like we picked off, we picked off a couple of small ones, and you can look at the squid if it's got spawning marks all over it, or if you get three in a row, you know that they're going to be in that area dropping eggs. Yeah. And like I said to you before, it took me a bit to find them, but once I did, we got our bag in minutes. But it took me. Two hours to find them, which it. it wasn't the plan of attack at the exactly. start. Yeah. Uh, what about so we got the snapper in Port Phillip? Are as good as they get? They yeah, are, we're seeing great yeah. reports at the moment. Social media lighting up. Yep, sensational. Uh, Western Port is very, very good for the snapper. Will they start to do the old slowdown? Good chance as it gets hotter. Um, we're not getting any hot days really. I know it's a little bit warmer, but we're not hot, hot. So yeah. it could maintain for a bit, which is really good. So you think the so the hot days slow them up. No, it doesn't slow them up on the day specifically, but if we start getting weeks of 30-degree weather, the temp's going to go bang too hot, and yes, then they gotcha. won't, it's not their spawning temperature, and when they yep. spawn is when they feed, they're aggressive. Gotcha. So that's when they'll slow down as such. So it's about the temperature of their, I guess, when you're sitting at home having your the dinner. sweet spot. Yeah, yeah. The sweet spot. Yep. It's just where yep. you, want, you don't want to be cold, you don't want to be hot, that's yep. their sweet spot when they... Uh, when they start to breed, not that temperature affects me there, Patrick. Some nice size tape gumbos had a lake entrance also. Yeah, big, yeah. Not Thank bad fish. See. And pinkies as well. Lots of pinky snapper. Yep. Not haven't seen any big ones yet. Uh yellow bellies. Yellow yellows, as uh yellows? Credlin likes to yellows? call it. Uh on the little Murray, and they were caught on grubs. And I missed one just above here. Welsh pool starting to see those big twenty pound snapper move in, which is real big ones. Exciting yeah. for the guys that like to head down there. And redfin and trout down the southwest lakes. And they reckon the trout are gonna get better and better. I seen a post from uh lakes uh sorry from Victorian inland fishing charters. Yep. And they had some beautiful big trout during the week, and they reckon it's just going to get better and better as the warm as it gets warmer. And I'm presuming that's your early morning, late afternoon sort of stuff, and then your redfin during the day. Yeah. So that's how I'm tipping they're going to approach that. That was the whip around for. You're listening to Real Adventures, talking all things fishing, boating, and the great outdoors for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers with protection like no other. And Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. It's now time for All Aboard for Mildura. Unexpected, unforgettable. Start planning and find out for yourself. Visit mildura.com.au. My special guest this morning 
is Sean Clancy, brand manager at BLA. Good morning, Sean. Morning, Pat. How are you? Going well, mate. Now, you've been on the show plenty of times before, good friend of the show, and we love talking technology with you. It's clearly what you do with BLA, and you're at the forefront of new technologies coming in. You were in the in the States in June, and Minn Kota, what we've known as you know the the leaders in electric uh, outboards, for want of a better term, um, they're continuing to push the boundaries, mate. Yeah, the new range, um, new brushless range of motors is just unbelievable. Um, yeah, I was fortunate enough to go for the launch last year, and the power and torque of these things is just unbelievable. Um, and probably the one for the Australian market that will get everyone excited is the new Instinct, which is our new auto-stow deploy motor. Um, you know, it's from 60-inch through to 100-inch shaft length. So that might tell you a bit about the sort of boats these things will go on. So when it comes to it's – a, it's a good segue because I think for, for a long time, uh, and perhaps it was more suited to that, Minn Kota's and electric motors – it was an estuary-based system or a freshwater-based system that'd sit on the front of a, a Vino's punt, you know, four metres in length, and, and that was sort of what people used it for. And then over the last few years, we've seen this incredible explosion with maxi-trailable boats adopting and using this technology, and it really is becoming one of those things that as we spend more and more on maxi-trailable boats, everyone puts these on. Yeah, and um, and I suppose it was when um, Minkota released their first generation of auto stow and deploy motors that it really um, the seed was planted. So for guys with cabin boats that don't really have good access to the bow, all of a sudden there was a motor that could be stowed and deployed from the cabin, um, and that's what got people thinking. And um, and I suppose the big feature was was around spot lock, the ability to anchor offshore in any depth and with a lot more accuracy than a traditional anchor, which obviously, you know, in 20 metres of water, you're putting 60 metres of rope and chain out. So any slight variance of current or wind, you're, you have zero chance of staying exactly where you want to be. Um, and, you know, where guys can be on spot lock in two, three, four, five hundred metres of water and just sitting on literally on a dinner plate. I think um, that's a it's a great point because it's something that Aaron and I often talk about when he talks about using the anchor uh, to your advantage. It helps you catch more fish, but you need to to know how to actually use it. Once you drop it, it's not exactly where you're going to sit. You're going to move. You're going to put you know meters and meters of of anchor rope out. So you've got to account for that. Then you've got to account for the tide, the drift, the wind versus this technology, it makes it, well, far better for someone like myself who doesn't fish as, as much as I'd like, but it becomes foolproof in a sense because you hit the button and that's where you stay. Yeah, so as soon as you see a fish come out on your sounder, hit spot lock and you're over those fish. So you can do a vertical drop down, whether that be with a jig or a bait or, or anything, straight down, you know you're dropping straight on those fish because you mark them, hit spot lock, you're there. Um, 
Whereas, and we know Port Phillip Bay snapper season's right right in swing at the moment. And, you know, those guys are going out, say, 15 to 20 metres of water, marking fish, and then they've got to work out, okay, now, current's coming this way, wind's this way. I think I've got to go about 40 metres to 60 metres of that in this direction, drop the anchor, and then hopefully I'll ease back on where, I, where the fish are. Very hard. The other thing that you're doing, and the snapper guys always talk about it, is you are dropping an anchor and chain and everything down to them on the bottom. So it might take a while for those fish to settle back down. If you drive over them, mark them, hit spot lock, they don't know you're there. So your chances of instantly hooking up is, is accelerated beyond measure. And the guys that are using them now, um, their catch rates are just through the roof. In terms of the, the changes that you've seen, you've obviously been in the industry for a really long period of time. The technology's improved. For for the casual observer, when they see um, you know, similar ratings of, of pound thrust, um, but the, the, the changes in the torque have been such a significant improvement. They are, these are far different engines than the ones that we've seen on shelves, you know, two, three, five, six years ago. Yeah, so the new brushless motor technology um, is a lot more powerful um, for the same sort of voltage demand. Um, they're actually a lot more silent, which for the offshore guys isn't really important, but certainly for the inland and estuary guys, that's a major factor. Um, but the torque of these new brushless motors is, is unbelievable. In the past, guys would sort of talk about boat size and will it suit this and We've really just pulled people up at about seven and a half metres, sort of that 23, maybe 25 foot. That's kind of where we say, yeah, that's about the limit now. Um, these new motors, 35, 40 foot, let's have a chat. It's, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> so certainly anything that we can trailer in Australia, you're good to go, no problem at all. Um, and then we'll have a chat to the big moored boat guys and, and um, and see what uh, what we can do. What about the, the the battery technology? Like one of the, I suppose the challenges has been um, how long these motors can function for, depending on how hard they're working. Lithium's obviously made a difference there. Yeah, so our BLA Marine Performance lithium batteries, um, obviously massive weight saving, also um, a lot more. Um, a lot more amp hours per recharge cycle. So the capacity of a 100 amp hour um, lithium is a lot higher capacity than an AGM. Um, and then longevity of that too. And it also has full Bluetooth monitoring. So you know, you can see oh, I've got 65% left. I'm, I'm you know, good for the rest of the day. One of the other things we've added from a battery point of view is our new DC to DC chargers. So that enables you to charge your 36-volt lithium from your engine when you're driving. Yeah. So you do a run out to a spot, and you might put 5%, 6% back into the battery when you do that run, um, and then you're running from spot to spot. The testing that we've done and guys out in the field using them, um, they're getting back to the ramp at the end of the day with more charge in them when they left. So... 
that's really it's becoming a self a self charging system that keeps up with the actual demand um, when it's in use. So that's a massive change as well. And there's obviously um, fish finding technology that actually sinks in with the minkotas as well, Sean. Yeah, so all the new minkotas are network ready to hum and burn, um, and that has quite a few advantages. One's obviously the basic controls, all the controls of the minkota can be done through the Hummingbird. But you can also do some pretty tricky things with our Coastmaster mapping where you can say, okay, I want to follow that contour line and I want to follow it at a given speed. So one of the things you can do is um, if it's blowing if, if it's blowing 20 knots, you can say, okay, I want to follow that contour line, but I only want to do three knots and or two knots, whatever you want to do. Um, and one of the other features, and I think this is going to be even bigger than Spotlock, is called drift mode. And that enables you to choose your drift direction and your drift speed, um, which is just going to be huge. A lot of the offshore guys, they actually quite often want to drift. Um, yes, Spotlock certainly has its place. But in a lot of situations, you actually want to drift for a lot of bottom bouncing techniques and that sort of stuff. Um, and if the wind gets up and you're drifting faster than the current, which is pretty much what you want to do to get that vertical presentation, you want to drift with the speed of the current. When the wind gets up, we're then putting you know sea anchors out and other things out to slow us down. And then you're starting to work through your different sinker weights or jig weights to try and maintain connection with the bottom. This new drift mode will do all that electronically so you say, well, I want to go in this drift direction and I want to be at this speed. I don't want to be any quicker than this. And it'll do that for you. Does, um, that, does that help with the position of the, of the stern as well in terms of casting and multiple anglers? That's obviously one of the big challenges when you're fishing with you know, more than two people and you're drifting and moving quickly and, and wind's a factor. That's a good point, and I think what it will do is because the motor will naturally point bow into the wind, um, just because the motor's obviously going to be pulling against the wind, um, what that will enable you to do is both sides of the boat are then in play. Become Because as you know, in the past, the boat would always go side on or whatever, and you try and steer the wheel so that, it acts, the, the outboard acts as a bit of a rudder and you're trying to square yourself up or you're moving your sea anchor from different cleats. Yeah, you're fighting for the and, best spot on the boat to cast from. Yeah, and then there's still only one side of the boat that's in play. Um, with this mode, both sides of the boat will be evenly in play um, because the motor's pointing straight into the wind. When it comes to the, the technology, the dealership network around the country, what, what's the best way to go about sort of investigating it further? Is it something that you can install yourself? Is it better off going to a dealer, chatting through, you know, what sort of fishing you do, what boat clearly you've got and, and how to make it work? I think, um, you know, in the US, if you open centre consoles and that sort of stuff, it's all pretty easy to do. In Australia, we obviously have a big market of cabin boats and that sort of thing. So there's going to be fabrication work involved. Um, so... You definitely, I don't think the instinct motor 
with the with the amount of power these things have and you know up to 100 inch shafts and all that i don't really think it's a do-it-yourself kind of install i think you need to go and see some experts yeah. um go to your Minn Kota store they might have um, a local, they might have in-house fabrication or they might have an outsourced fabrication where the right bracketry or the right um, support, if that, if it was a fiberglass boat or even an aluminium boat, if it was never designed for a Minn Kota to be up the front, then it probably doesn't have enough glass up there or support up there for for what these things can do. So there'll be definitely some fabrication, but the beauty is in Australia, there's so many smart, fabricators out there that just live and breathe this sort of stuff um i like the idea of the and we've seen it a few times and our friend bomber did it where the min coat is mounted above the bowsprit so there's still room underneath for the anchor and everything and then above that the, the min coat gets mounted above that on the bow on the bowsprit just above the bowsprit i really like that idea um and i think it would suit a lot of aussie boats it's obviously we were chatting off air it's one of the things that's similar to the the increase in size in sounders and fish finders now that manufacturers were forced to change dash dash layouts and sizes to accommodate new technology it's got that similar feeling doesn't it with with these min coders that manufacturers now will adopt new technologies and, and design their hulls uh, and their stainless work to accommodate, you know, the, the technology that everyone now wants on their on their trailer boats. Yeah, and I think that they definitely need to. And and what we've seen, you know, we've we've sent out a lot of um, CAD designs and things to our um, Australian and New Zealand boat builders um, so that they can design their boats and change their boats to accommodate these motors. Um you know, every time we think we're um, hitting the top of the curve of this sort of product, then, um, you know, a bigger motor or something else comes <laughs> out and it just gets opens up. We're, there's so many guys with 8-metre to 11, 12-metre boats that we've turned away in the past that are now just going to be frothing to get one of these new ones fitted to their boat. I bet they are. If you want more information on the Min Code range, the Hummin Bird Range, bla.com.au is where to go to do your research. Sean Clancy, our special guest on Real Adventures this morning. All for all aboard for Mildura. Unexpected, unforgettable start planning and find out for yourself. Visit mildura.com.au. Red's review for Club Marine. Boating's just better with Club Marine Boat Insurance. Now it's time for Red's review from Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. I'm going to take you through our, just the organising that went in. Okay, it was, yes. It was, it was great. Planning. Planning for to get yourself on a liverboard. Get someone that doesn't fool you like I did. <laughs> Jake from West Coast Pop was organiser and did a terrific job. Basically, you touch base with the skipper, explain what you want to do, and he, the skipper, Josh, on, on Strike Charters, doesn't want groups. Yes. He wants one single group. He doesn't want multiple people. Yeah. Because it's so one you, guy you, wants to catch a marlin, one guy wants to catch a coral trout, you yeah. want to catch a queenie. I was about to say that. You want someone that, yep. with a group that have all the same idea of what they want to chase. So what I'd advise you to do is grab five mates, six mates, whatever it is. You can probably fish four, five, six. Yep. Um, there's multiple boats and two skippers, so I'm, I'm sure if you talk to him, he could take two boats out on the day. So you 
that's basically what you want to do. You want to touch base, work out what you want to do, get your group together. Now, we flew from Melbourne to Perth. Yep. And then we had a Qantas link that went... Same day. Same day. We had yep. th- This one was only a couple of hours later. And we went straight to uh, Learmonth, which then we waited around for about minus five minutes. The bus was already there at the front for us. And it was a shuttle that moved to Exmouth, Exmouth uh, bus, shuttle bus. All this had a trailer on the back, which was fantastic. So we had a massive rod tube. So the rod tube went in the back and we had a lot of camera gear and a lot of, uh, a lot of suitcases of fishing tackle. All went in the back and then the bus takes you to straight to Exmouth. Exmouth got dropped off at the boat. Josh was waiting there for us with a, a nice Asahi. It was beautifully cold. We love that. Uh, he, he's read the play there. He has read the play. He, uh, it was that hot there. It was, yeah, I don't really drink beer and, at all, to be honest with you. And, and it was you were the best beer, beer I've ever drank. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we got off the bus. I'm like, oh. Anyway, we had we got me. nice refreshment. And then we made our way to the boat. Now, the boys organised a taxi to go get the uh, refreshments for the week, I should yes. say. Yep. So they head down to get some stuff. Josh supplied all the food and everything, so they had to get scared. Whatever you wanted to take on the boat that basically accessory. So they headed into town. I sat down with Josh and went through all of our gear. It was great. We're on this liverboard, went through all our gear, the plan, will this work? Will this work? He looked at me stupid a couple of times, going, That's not gonna stop it. And <laughs> Mate, <laughs> seriously, isn't that the way? Like you 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 live in one part of the world, one part of the country, and then you go up to another thing, this be fine. Mm. And they're freight trains. It's just different fishing because you just have to stop them. So yeah. like a 10 kilo fish, right? Well, we catch 30 kilo bluefin on 5,000 stratic, but if they don't put you into reef. Yeah, they're not on the bot. Yeah. No, yeah. like a 30 kilo, like you got a 30 kilo GT that tries to cut you off every millisecond. Yeah, you've got well, two. I'll give you a little story on a GT just quickly. We hooked this beautiful GT. I hooked it, they reckon 30 plus kilo. Oh, I think this one was 20 kilo, sorry. 20 plus kilo. Hooked it. And the boys go, you might get this. You're in clear ground. Drag locked up as tight as could go. It's still pulling out. I'm holding on like you wouldn't believe. I know a joke. They said to me, this GT knows where he's going. 130 metres, we measured it. It took us to the one single bommie. He knew exactly where it was. 130 metres, it sprinted straight at this bommie. Bang, straight into it. And it was the only bommie there. And they said they know where every bommie is on the G. Sorry to go off track there, but they're just unbelievable. Unbelievable. They know the terrain. So then we on the boat, we headed out. So we're on we headed out on the Friday. So stayed in the marina on the Friday night. Yep. Saturday morning came, we headed out. Friday we fished at two o'clock and then we come back because our flight was at four forty. Uh, so we got back, got the shuttle bus at two thirty back to the airport and away we went. And then we got a plane home, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Now, if I was to do anything different, I would probably I'd probably more go when there's not going to be as much wind. Uh, I reckon we had a bit too much wind. And I know it's hard to predict that when you're booking stuff. It is. But they call it, they said May is like calm May. Yeah, okay. like it's like it's the time. Yeah, and yep. the fishing's good. So if you're heading there, give Josh a call from On Strike Charters and he'll be able to tell you when it's going to be calm. Your chances of it being calm. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't nice for us. Like, yeah. I didn't yep. want it. It was, to work. it was 25 knots most of the time. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, you can always hide around islands. You can always do all this. But if you can. Somehow put it in your favour. Cherry pick, pick your time. Yeah, cherry yeah. pick a little yeah. bit. Yeah. That's what yeah. I would be doing. And that's pretty much the only thing I've been dif- doing different. So that's the review on how to get there, how to do it. And it was uh, it was very cruising and easy to do. It wasn't as stressful as you think it would be. And basically, yeah, it's a trip of a lifetime. On Strike Charters for more information, pretty much whack it into Google and you'll, you'll be on your way. That is Red's Review. 
That was Red's review for Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. That was Red's review for Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. Welcome back to Real Adventures. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood with you this morning. It's time for Red's tip. And as we come into, well, we're right in smack bang in the middle of it, Redman. Uh, Black Friday started yesterday. A lot of stores, mm. sales throughout the week, but two of the biggest chains in the fishing and outdoor space, obviously BCF and Anaconda, both offering sales at the moment in excess of 50% off. You just need to be very careful on the scammers, though. They're next level. So what they've done is, on the Anaconda website, they've got the exact same name, Anaconda, say it's anaconda.com.au, for instance. Yep. What they've done is they've used an acrylic A. So it looks the same in lowercase as a normal A, but they've used acrylic, so it's different. And that's how they're getting away with it. Get yourself in store. So In store. Yeah. Can't so, get scammed. So a few little few little tips, though. So Laurence, at the moment, 50% off in-store BCF. 50? 50% off. 50% off. Uh, you can buy Dometic fridges at the moment for 600 bucks, saving 480, 25% off. Uh, is it, it's Webster, isn't it? What? Webster? The barbecues? Weber. Weber. Webster. That's as bad Jeez. as me. Yeah, well, am Where I are going? you going? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a Webster. Uh, <laughs> but Anaconda as well, um, pretty much, they'll, they'll match each other so if you find something you can just go mate this is where i can get this at bcf or this is where i can get this at anaconda um they're the price wars are on so go and get yourself a bargain and leading up into chrissy 100 percent, because uh we're all going to buy stuff for christmas you might as well do it while the discounts are there how absolutely hey uh the flying gaff oh. is heading uh west to the <laughs> he's heading i warned you mate Go on. I thought I was dead go on i thought i was dead so plane 440 western australia time 740 yes. vic time yep from Learmonth to Western Australia. The red eye. I don't know why Jake organised this and not just organised a plane the next day. We got a plane at 10.40. We had to wait in the airport for four hours for mm. our next plane. Yes. 10.40 we left. What time did you get into Melbourne I got, I got home at 5.30. I got home at 7.30 in the morning. I hadn't slept. In the morning. I've never done that before. And you're not good on those. No. Things. I've been the whole week recovering. So it you, is, you're gaffing yourself, is that is No, that right? I'm gaffing Jake for booking it because he could have gotten us a beautiful accommodation that night and we could have just gone the next morning and we all would have been right. Every person on that plane... Charlie Kerno was on the plane. Don't know what he was doing. Yeah, he'd just been fishing. No, he hasn't. He uh, got told he had a little girlfriend over there. Ooh. Don't know how true that is. See, that's not a bad... He was, talking, like a, he was talking to my cameraman. That's like a rumour file. I know. I started it. Sorry, sorry, Chai. I don't even know who you are, but I don't really care. Basically, <laughs> uh, basically, don't ever do the red eye because it's the worst thing ever invented. It's dumb why you'd have a plane that leaves at 10.40. It's just stupid when you arrive in Melbourne at 7.30. It's just the most ridiculous thing you could ever do. I, anyone that's doing it, I'll shout you a room that night to not do it because of the pain that I went through. That's got the gaff. That, of course, isn't binding at all because uh, Aaron can't afford that. Uh, we, <laughs> hope you, we hope you've enjoyed your company this morning on Real Adventures, all for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers with protection like no other. I was we'll borrowing s- your credit card. <laughs> we'll see you next week to do it all again.